welcome to the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast, featuring your host, Angela Harders. We're committed to cultivating a peaceful world beginning right in our own hearts and homes. Together, we believe that the world is our biggest and best classroom, and the people and places in it are our greatest teachers. So I invite you to join me on the adventure of a lifetime, beginning with a conversation that can change the world. Today's episode of the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast is brought to you by the book Tales of a Toxic Teacher, Exposing the Cycles of Abuse Within Our Schools, written by Angela Harders. In this book, Angela shares some of the shocking experiences that happen behind the closed doors of a public school classroom and exposes some of the many abuses that take place in school, intentionally and unintentionally, and no one escapes unscathed. Tales of a Toxic Teacher will be available for purchase on Amazon.com on November 30th, 2021. You may also purchase signed copies from Angela's website, www.peacefulworldschoolers.com. Buy your copy today. Hello, and welcome to the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast, where we are committed to cultivating a peaceful world beginning right in our own hearts and homes. My name is Angela Harders, and I am a special education teacher, the author of Gospel-Based Parenting and the Crunchy Kids series, and a proud world schooling mother to two amazing children, Sophia, who's seven, and Benjamin, who is three. And today on the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast, I have the privilege and honor of introducing you to a dear friend of mine, Troy Smith. Thank you so much for joining us today as we have a conversation that can change the world. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks, Angela. So it's great to be on and uh, thank you for coming on to my show. I was glad to have you on there and it's, it's great to be here. I'm so excited to kind of have the roles reversed. Um, in case you missed it, Troy Smith um, has his own show, The Troy Smith Show. Um, and I was actually a guest on his show, as he mentioned. And so now I have the opportunity to be able to interview you and have you um, share a little bit more about your story with me, with my audience and with the world. So um, Troy, to get us started, can you just share a little bit about who you are, what you do, and um, just a little, whatever you'd like to share about your story? Yeah, sure. Uh, so for your audience that don't know, uh, I run launchliberty.com and you can go there and check that out. Uh, we post articles basically every day. Uh, but I started launchliberty.com at the beginning of this year after um, well, I, I started recording YouTube videos around November after the election. And then uh, early this year, I started because uh, I found that when the, the election hit and, and when we were all hit with this whopper that Biden was going to be installed, uh, there weren't any news organizations, really very few that I could rely on to get decent information out of. Uh, most of the information was coming from AP and Reuters, and uh, we don't have those independent news sources. So I decided, hey, here's an, here's an idea. I'm going to start my own site. Um, and we've 
we've brought forth uh, people, veterans of uh, in Vietnam are writing for the site. We have uh, senior health policy experts writing for the site. And uh, we're giving people like Angela a platform, basically just to talk to the American patriots out there, a platform where people can express their ideas. And uh, through hard work, four or five articles a day, we are able to amass so far an audience of about 60,000 site visits a month. And uh, Angela, you, I, when you were on the show, we were just at about uh, 300,000 views on the Troy Smith show. I'm happy to report that that's now over 364,000. So we are rolling wow. right along, uh, reaching a lot of people and breaking the control of the mainstream media. That's the main purpose. Mm. That is incredible. And I'm so happy to hear that your site is growing. And I think that truly reveals this the the uptrend reveals that deep need that we have to be able to have access to reliable, trustworthy news sources and reliable, trustworthy content. Um, because you're right, censorship and and kind of the control of this narrative in mainstream media and on social media is so pervasive. And so I just want to thank you so much for taking the initiative to start Launch Liberty. And I'll make sure that I include uh, the link to your website in the description so that people can follow you and they can be a part of the incredible work that you're doing and to be able to have access to this amazing um, news source that you are providing for the world. So thank you so much for doing that, Troy. Um, and I know you touched on a lot in that that I want to get to later on in the episode, but just to kind of get started, I'm curious, how did you even get interested in politics? Because I know for me, um, I politics was not on my radar at all, uh, really until the COVID, you know, pandemic happened. And, um, and then when that happened, I was like, okay, I need to start paying attention to what's going on here. So what first got you interested in politics? Um, well, I first uh, was interested in politics all the way back in 2015. Um, my family has been uh, conservative for a long time, and I grew up, uh, I played music uh, for a living before all this. So uh, when I was a kid, I was always at bluegrass festivals, and the people there tend to be retired, silent generation conservatives. So that's kind of who I grew up around. Um, and they kind of have formed my values on the world. So as, as I've progressed here, um, and in and, and growing up and in 2015, I saw Donald Trump come down the escalator. And for the first time, a politician wasn't talking about America growing and, and not leaving anybody behind or all this political nonsense. But somebody was actually talking about the real decline of America and mm -hmm. the real decline of, of what we see around us and the fact that America isn't winning anymore. And, 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 and that kind of truth really awakened me. And I started watching. I watched every single Trump rally from the 2015, 2016 uh, years, I, I, I was completely plugged into that. I started a Twitter uh, and we had about 10,000 followers somewhere around there. And uh, eventually we got shadow banned and that kind of all came down. Uh, but that's kind of how I got my start in this. I heard Donald Trump talking about uh, truthful things and that kind of woke me up to the whole political uh sphere. And as I entered the political sphere, I found that uh, Donald Trump was really an outlier and that most of the people that even claim to support the things that he supports are just lying usually to get money out of it. Mm. Wow. And I think you're definitely hitting the nail on the head in the fact that you know, a lot of people try to use this divisiveness of like Republicans versus Democrats, but even within the Republican Party, there are people that are using that as a way for them to get control and power. Um, and, it, and it really isn't authentic into standing for American, American values like truth and freedom and things like that. 
Um, and I, I'm wondering, what do you think has contributed to the decline of the United States over the years that has got us to this point where we are now? Uh, well, most of it happened in 1913. Um, 1913 was the worst year politically for the United States ever. Uh, we passed the Federal Reserve Act, which handed our country over to a handful of wealthy bankers that control our country with a system of credit and interest that keep people enslaved. Um, that was a huge, huge blunder. And the other huge part of that is the changing of the Senate. A lot of people don't know this, but in 1913, the Senate was changed from a uh, appointed system where state legislators appointed two senators to represent their state to a democratically elected system. So mm -hmm. when we went to the democratically elected system, it took something that was supposed to be for the states, the Senate, and turned it into something that is instead just a stamp for the federal government to pass whatever they want. The Senate is supposed to be a representative of the states, but now it's just a rubber stamp for the federal government to push through whatever they want to push through. Um, so that's a big part of why we're here. Another part of why we're here is education. Um, because education through this country, we've had this false idea that we can just continue to throw money into education and that it will be fixed somehow. Uh, but in a lot of our cities, a lot of our schools, we spend over $17,000 per student in Baltimore City, and we don't have heat for the kids. We don't have air conditioning. The schools are terrible. So we're spending more than ever, and we're getting less results. I happen to believe that that's because uh, the conservatives have been chased out of education, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> wow, that is a lot. I actually, I didn't know what you said about the, um, about the shifting of how we, I guess, elect or select um, our Senate representatives. That's really interesting. I never heard that before. And I definitely agree with what you're saying about the public school system. Of course, um, my listeners know I'm a public school teacher or was a public school teacher. Um, and you're absolutely right. Actually, in my book about toxic teaching, I, I wrote a paragraph or actually I wrote a whole chapter about that, like the economics of public school and the fact that we do it here in Maryland, we spend almost $17,000 per student. And so in a normal class size of, you know, 35 kids, that's like, that's a lot of money. I mean, that's over half a million dollars. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a teacher's salary is somewhere around $50,000. Um, and so it's like, okay, where exactly is all of that money going, you know? And I know for myself, um, you know, if I, as a parent had access to some or all of that money, like I could spend, you know, $16,000 on my child a lot better, um, and more efficiently than the public school system could for sure. Um, but you're right. Throwing money into the system is not, it is not a solution to the problem, um, that we are seeing in education. And I, I said before, um, actually when I was on your show, I shared that, the, the problem is not that the system is broken. The problem is that the system is working exactly the way that was designed to do. It was designed to create those slaves, just like you mentioned um, about, you know, the Federal Reserve System that was designed to keep us financially enslaved. So yep. just like the Federal Reserve System was meant to do that, the, the education system is also meant to keep us enslaved. Exactly. And across the country, I just want to add this real quick, Andrew, yeah. across the country, we're seeing a change in that uh, in conservative places. So um, there's a gentleman named Corey DeAngelis. I'm not in contact with him. Uh, I, I love I'm not him. I'm not promoting him uh, anything, but you should check out what he's doing if your audience yeah. wants to check it out, because they are switching the system where now parents would be getting a voucher 
for the money that they they are supposed to receive for education. They'd be getting a voucher that they can take to any school in the state. That is what we want, Angela. And uh, that's the, that's the shift that we're seeing because people are saying, well, exactly what you're pointing out and, and what I'm pointing out is that the $17,000 isn't doing any good where it's going right now. Mm -hmm. Oh, Troy, are you there? Yeah. Sorry, it cut out a little bit. My, my wife is a little bit ishy, iffy because of the, the rain and everything. Um, so You're fine. You repeat the last part that you said. Sorry, I think it got cut off. Yeah, sure. It's just that uh, people are seeing that the $17,000 isn't being spent in the right places as it is right now. So they're changing what they're doing uh, with the money. And in these states now, in a lot of states in America, you actually get a voucher for your education money. You can take that to any school in the state. And that's what we want to see, Angela. Um, I, I would say that uh, a big part of the education system's decline is the fact that being where you are, you have to go to a certain school. Um, and that that destroys competition. It makes the schools completely uncompetitive and it makes them it, it makes them have no incentive to do better than other schools. I think if we had a voucher system where we could pick and choose where we wanted to go, then we could actually see improvement in a system because they would be forced to do it. Well, and that's the heart of capitalism, right? Like when we yeah. give, you know, these these free markets and we have opportunities to have competition, then there is that incentive to have a higher quality product, you know, because people are going to vote with their dollars. They're going to invest their money where they see value. And it, it just, it boggles my mind that we haven't taken that approach when it comes to the education of our children, that we just kind of have this one size fits all. And this is where you're going to go just because this is where you live. And there's no freedom of choice for parents, for students, um, even within that own school, you know, like if your child is in a classroom with a teacher that is abusive or maybe doesn't get along well with your child or, um, you know, whatever, like the parent really has no recourse there to say, hey, I want my child in a different class or, you know, anything. It's I mean, you're literally trapped in this in this system and it's just it's heartbreaking. So I'm thank you so much for for bringing up a lot of those issues regarding education and how that contributes to the decline of our country as a whole. Well, thanks, Angela. And it's so important because uh, uh, the education is is the bedrock of, of really everything. And that's why the politicians are so eager to get in on it so that they can corrupt it and they can bring down uh, our independence and usher in their control. Yeah. Are you are you observing, um, I guess, like you mentioned politicians using the school system? Are you observing politics I guess, infiltrating or, or being pushed on children within the school system? Have you, have you seen that in your work? Oh, yeah. I've seen that in my work and in my personal experience, too. In, in high school, I had a music teacher that openly talked about his love of communism, how he lived in a communist uh, country as a child, and that his parents lived in a communist country, and they never had any issues, so it couldn't be that bad. Uh, that's literally wow. what I was told. Uh, and this is in Howard County, so very, very liberal place. Mm -hmm. out here. Uh, I've, I've observed this uh, for one. I, uh, as a joke, basically one time dressed up as Trump with a red tie and a Make America Great Again hat to go into school. Right. And you should have seen the look on my faces. I could have had a swastika on my arm and it would have been exactly the same because wow. I was treated as if I was the devil, literally. Uh, and, and, you know, so I've, I've seen it firsthand and I've seen it secondhand too. And I think it's become more prevalent now 
Uh, basically, since uh, Trump really, in a strange way, was the catalyst for it, um, he, he really weaponized, uh, he turned the left into a weapon, really, because they became so angry at the Trump administration that I think we began to see them push their, their BS, basically, in all factors of life, and that includes the school systems. So mm -hmm. since Trump was elected in 2016, I think the schools have gone basically where now they don't recognize gender. If you do recognize her, uh, you're a terrible person. If you don't recognize the fact that uh, certain races are superior than others, then they call you a racist in some kind of backwards way. Mm. Um, it, it Basically, all sense has flown out the window. And now our students are being, I mean, I, I've seen books. Angela, there's a book that's available and your, your audience can look this up. There's a book called Gender Queer that's available in, in schools all across Maryland, all across the country, that includes graphic images and comic book uh, pictures of gay sex, depicting gay sex in a, in, a good, in a good way, showing kids how to do it, showing kids where to do it, showing kids all about this shit. This is in the, this is in the schools. This is being and, and I and you can look up the records, Angela, and I've done it. These books are not just being sitting. They're not just sitting on the shelves. People are checking them out. Yeah. So, yeah, there is a definite political bend to the, the school system. It's gone completely left. They're chasing conservatives out left and right. And they have been doing it for years. You're you're absolutely right. And actually, I have seen books similar to that one as well um, in you know the schools that I've worked at. And it's it's a, it's extremely concerning, you know, as a teacher and a parent to see that our children are being exposed to so much of this content, you know, that one, it's incredibly divisive. And, and two, I just think it's totally inappropriate to be pushing a lot of these ideas on our children when they're, when they're vulnerable and they're trying to figure out who they are. And, um, it's just not really appropriate, you know, in my opinion, to to have children be dealing with a lot of these adult topics um, when they're, you know, so young. And I remember my first experience with that as a teacher was I was teaching um, first grade. And one of the books that they had on the curriculum was a book about a girl that had lesbian parents. And no one in our class at the time had lesbian parents. So it wasn't something that was relevant to, you know, my class in particular. And I mean, these are first graders, they're like five and six years old. And, and I was just like, why are, why are we doing like of all the books in the world of all the books that we could read to a child, to a six-year-old or five-year-old, why did they pick this one? You know? Um, well, it's about, it's about confusing the child. Uh, yeah. Angela, that's that's what that's what it's really about. Um, and and the other good thing uh, for the establishment when they create somebody who is uh, LGBTQ, um, and and we can have an argument about whether they're born a certain way or whether they're made a certain way. I would say it's a little bit of both, probably. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the truth is that the more LGBTQ members that they can create, the less. Uh, people there's going to be in the future because LG, as we know lgbtq people cannot reproduce when they're in a couple so uh it, it's it's really about curtailing the population on a on a basic level but uh they know i mean you you, you i'm sure you've seen the statistics transgender suicide is as high as it gets uh transgender dangerous drug use is as high as it gets uh gay men have one of the lowest uh, life expectancies in the modern world um so it, it, it's a sad life 
and and not to say that it should be outlawed or anything like that but it should not be promoted and especially in a school i mean angela if i walked up to a 15 year old and gave him a book that it contained graphic images whether it was gay sex or straight sex i would be in prison for right. giving that to a child so for all these parents out there that have these damn books look up your school library folks and if the if the school has the book take the cops down there take the cops down there because that's what we're dealing with we're dealing with pedophilia and we cannot tolerate it in the united states of america it's disgusting yeah i've been watching you know these parents sharing and reading from these books at different school board meetings and it's been blowing my mind to see that the school board's response to this instead of responding in shock and horror as the audience of parents is they're kicking the parents out and i'm like yep what? And they call them domestic terrorists on top of it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so it's so bizarre and it's so twisted. And I mean, I'm just wondering, like, do you do you see any hope for the education system as a conservative? I mean, is it safe for a conservative no. child to be in a public school system? No. no, it's not safe for any child. It's mm -hmm. not safe for any child at all, because what you're doing essentially is robbing your child of their independence, because what's going to happen is that they're going to be put into this school. And, and, and folks, what do you think happens when one of these transgender teachers gets misgendered by a kid behind closed doors? Now, I'm not talking about the TikToks and the things that they publish. What do you think actually happens? These are unstable individuals in many cases that you can see their TikToks where they're screaming, acting like lunatics. I mean, what do you think happens when they get misgendered? I'll, I'll tell you what happens. They get slandered, they get isolated, they get bullied. And if they stand up for anything that makes any sense at all, they're going to be uh, targeted. And they might be targeted in ways that you might not even understand. But mm -hmm. what you're essentially doing is sending your child to a prison with people running it who want to destroy their will and destroy their soul. I would say for any parent out there, please find a way to homeschool your children because if you send them to a public school, I mean, I'm one of very few people in my entire class that understands anything that's going on in the world today. I would say 99% of the people that I went to school with are completely brainwashed. It's mm -hmm. what you're doing to your child. If you send them to public school, you're playing with fire. Please don't kill your kids and send them to public school. Mm. Wow. That's a, that's a, a powerful plea Troy and I, and I I agree I mean as much as it it pains me you know to to have to say that we've gotten to that point um but you're you're a hundred percent right like we cannot we can no longer continue to entrust our children into the care of the public school system because it is exactly what you said it is meant to indoctrinate our children it is meant to enslave our children and we need to take a stand. Now is our time to say no more. Um, and I, I made a post about this the other day, you know, like if your child was in an abusive relationship, you would tell them to leave, you know, and like, and it just boggles my mind that there are these parents that are, are still trying to figure out how they can have their child be a part of this system. Um, I know a lot of Christians will say, you know, my child is just going to be light in the darkness. We're called to be missionaries. We're called to share truth, um, you know, in the dark places or whatever. Um, but I'm just like, no, like, no, like that is not your child's job. Like your child does not have the ability, like the mental, emotional, social ability to be able to withstand the constant barrage 
of of hate and um just lunacy i mean complete lunacy that they're encountering the bullying um in the public school system against conservative values they're just they're not equipped to do that so please do not continue to allow your children to be in an environment that is toxic and harmful for them thank you so much troy for just being a voice for those children that need to hear you know that parents need to hear that um that it is not safe to be in a public school system today um I, I know that, you know, you've mentioned yourself that you have experienced a lot of hate. I mean, I can't imagine seeing your classmates' faces when you walk in there dressed up as, you know, Trump for a day or whatever. Um, I, I'm Well, actually, and, and, and this is the thing, this is important for all the kids out there that are in school. Um, they can hit you, they can beat you. But guess what happened after I did that? We, has, we started a Young Republicans Club, the first in school's history. We had hundreds of members that stood up. And for the first time in Mount Hebron, there was actually conservatives who were walking around and actually talking about Trump. And we, I, I, I hate to say it, but we rallied the people. We rallied the people. And just that simple act, it seemed so stupid. And it was stupid. <laughs> but guess what? It, it gave people the idea that, hey, I'm not alone, one. And two, there's actually somebody in this school that isn't completely stupid. So yeah. uh, I, think, uh, I think for all the students out there, they can, they can beat you down mentally. They can beat you down emotionally. I had teachers yell at me. I had teachers tell me that my hat was disgusting and that I was disgusting for wearing it and all that stuff. I mean, that's just, that just comes with the territory. And if you're strong enough to handle it, we need as many leaders as we can right now. So you're talking about sending the kids in. Yes, I wouldn't do it personally, but um, uh, just, just that's my experience with it. It was, a, it was standing up and, and, and taking that was worth it because at the end of the day, we had some representation after it. That's, I mean, I'm really encouraged to hear that, um, that it, it wasn't all, all bad. Uh, but I think at that point you were in, you were in high school though, right? Yeah, I was 16. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's a little bit different too than sending in a 16 year old choosing to go in and, and kind of take that on knowing what you were going to encounter versus yeah. sending in a six year old, you know, Much um, and, and I mean, I remember they would have like elections in the mock elections in the elementary school where I taught at. And I mean, it was, it was heartbreaking. Like any, any child that said they would vote for Trump or whatever, they were completely like bullied and outcast and treated terribly um and i'm like kids don't understand about politics to pick who they're going to vote for i mean literally it's just a reflection of their parents values at that point when they're so small you know um and like why why set your children up to be in that environment where they're going to be bullied and tortured like that but i'm really glad to hear that you being willing to take that stand and to be brave and kind of share or expose your own personal beliefs and values gave other people the courage to do the same um i had that kind of a similar experience when i chose not to wear a mask and um and that was the sentiment that I got as well. You know, like now I have a group of almost 300 staff members in MCPS and they've all expressed that same sentiment of like, I felt like I was alone. Um, like there was no one else in my school that felt the same way. I didn't know there was anyone else in the county that was conservative. I literally thought I was the only one. And it is, it's very isolating. Um, but well, I, that's the plan and that's the plan yeah. and that's the overarching idea of this see um and i've noticed this coming out of school is that um the the intention of that that school system is 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 this one it produces radical left wingers 
Mm-hmm. So the people who buy into it are are produced and they're created in, into radical left wingers. Now the people, the the aimed goal. Now this is not accurate. This didn't happen. But the aimed goal of that system is to take conservatives and to radicalize them. Mm. Take because conservatives they, and radicalize them. Yes, yes. And this is part of this is this is the bigger picture. And I, I'm glad I'm here because I can talk about this. Yeah. Um, the bigger picture here is that the world bankers, the people who control everything in this country, the, the, the Rothschild Bank controls AP and Reuters. They disperse news to the entire world. Fox, CNN, ABC, CBS, NBC, they all get their news from AP and Reuters who are mm-hmm. owned by the richest people in the entire world. Yeah, that's that's true. So the aimed goal of their control is to wipe everything out so that they can come in and buy everything up for pennies on the dollar. And they've done it all over the world time and time and time again. So how do you get the United States to destroy itself from within? Well, you would create a radical left wing group and then you would just torture the conservatives destroy them. Every time they speak up, you punish them in school, in life, cancel culture, everything. It's supposed to make conservatives feel that the system has become so corrupt that they have no other choice but to commit violence. And that's not the truth. And that's mm-hmm. not what has happened. The uh, the elites, the people in power are floored by the, the fact that Trump supporters, 1.6 million gathered in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. They planned a massive event, a massive false flag, mm-hmm. but only one person died. And it was one of our protesters. See, mm-hmm. the Trump people are not radical, crazy conservatives like the world bankers tried to create. They're actually peaceful Americans because they've gone back Back to what America centers around. And that's mm-hmm. peaceful. It's peaceful. It's, it's, it's peaceful freedom. That's what America really is. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, and thank you for bringing that up because, you know, we live in the Washington DC area and I yeah. know that the sentiment on that day um, in January was, oh my gosh, you know, like these Trump supporters are crazy and that they're causing it. What do they call it? An insurrection. Yeah. That's um, the word. Which like, I, I don't understand why they chose to use that term of all terms that they could have picked. Cause I don't know. That's well, it's, well, it's, it's, pro- it's projection. I'll let you get back to that point. No, real go quick, for it. but it's, it's projection because the real insurrection was committed in Congress that day when Congress decided that they were going to certify fraudulent election results when mm-hmm. they knew they were fraudulent, they certified fraudulent election results. That was the real insurrection. So when they're saying the Trump people were the insurrectionists, no, it was Congress that committed the insurrection when they usurped the rule of law and ignored blatant evidence of voter fraud. Wow, Troy. I mean, I never thought about it from that perspective. You are like absolutely right. The real insurrection that, that happened on that day did. It happened in Congress. Yep. Um, thank you so much for putting that so brilliantly. I mean, it just the way you phrased that was absolutely brilliant. Um, but you're you're right, you know, and, and they see Trump supporters or, and conservatives as a whole, you know, like supporting the Second Amendment and all these other things. And um and it, it's, you're right. Like the heart is peaceful non-compliance. Yes, we have guns or whatever. Like, you know, people have guns. We support the second, our second amendment rights. Um, but we're not going out there crazy and like killing all these people, you know, like we're not advocating that people go out and do all these violent things. Um, right. We argue against it. 
Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're arguing for self-control and for being able to advocate for yourself and to follow our own constitution, which has a process set up to be able to peacefully not comply with tyranny. Um, and, and I know that you, your website is called launch Liberty. Um, what, what does, I mean, our founding fathers talk about liberty all the time. Like that was the whole reason why they wrote our constitution was because they wanted to have a country for the first time that was built and founded on principles for liberty and justice for all. Um, and what does liberty mean to you? Oh, uh, well, launch liberty to me means that, um, uh, it means that we have a country where uh, we've been lied to for a long time. And I think that the what, what's been going on in the government has been going on for a very long time. The only difference now is that we are awake to it and, and, and millions of Americans are awake to it. So to me, launch liberty means that, that we are going to not just politically win, not just uh, educationally win, not just win uh, in, in, in one way or the other, we're going to win across the board. And that means restoring American excellence in entertainment. That means restoring American excellence in music. That means restoring American excellence in politics. That means restoring American excellence in our military. That means restoring American excellence across the board. Uh, Launch Liberty is about creating empowered individuals that are capable of creating systems that work. Um, and in creating systems and creating people that will create systems that work. Uh, our, uh, this is why I had you on and, and, and why I think what you're doing is so important because uh, the, the education system as a whole and these systems that aim to break our independence have had a monopoly on, on information for a long time. But with people like you and people like me out there, they're losing that control. I'm on the news side of it and you're on the education side of it, but together we are preaching the same things. We are telling people real information. We are getting people real information. And because of that, more people than ever are leaving the system, quitting their jobs, dropping off of a system that has dumped them overboard 30 years ago and they're starting new. And in that independence, I think we will find the liberty that our founding fathers talked about and break the reins of control that have been set on us for so long. Mm. I, I truly hope that we will as a country and, um, and it, it is, we need to go back to our roots. We need to go back to a foundational understanding of what it means to be a human being with God-given rights and God-given freedoms. We need to go back to the liberty that our founding fathers stood for, fought for, died for, um, because they they did not peacefully not comply. Like they fought hard um, so that we could be free. And then here we are today, you know, hundred years late, several hundred years later, and we're just giving away our freedoms. Um, That's right. And if you read- we're scared. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's very scary. And I would say to all your audience, you can read firsthand accounts of what soldiers talked about in the Revolutionary War. And uh, the Revolutionary War was not some kind of offensive war. Washington was basically on the retreat the entire war. And it didn't matter where he had to go. They went through mountains in, in the winter and they starved and they 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 had fingers froze off and they had they had toes frozen off. They've had they had to cut off their feet because they would get frostbite so bad. Uh, hundreds of thousands 
died and, and not even in fighting, uh, just, just from natural uh, things going on during the war. So um, you have that war, you have War of 1812, where the British marched in and burned Washington, D.C. to the ground. I mean, I feel like people don't even know this uh, because our education system is so poorly. The War of 1812, the British marched in and burned Washington, D.C., the capital, to the ground, including the first White House and everything. They burned it to the ground. Then they were marching to Baltimore. The only reason they didn't destroy Baltimore is because one of their top generals got assassinated on the way over. Uh, you had the 1812, then you had the Civil War, 600,000 died in that. Then you have uh, the uh, World War One, World War Two. So Angela's right. We've had people and a lot of my family members die defending this country, fight defending this country. Um, and and the, the, the point is that what they fought for is real. And what they fought for is something that everyone needs to look into because something that was obtained in such a strenuous and, and torturous way cannot be valueless. It cannot be valueless. It has value. We just have to recognize it. And I think that gets back to the core idea of launch liberty. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's wonderful. And I really appreciate your, your knowledge of history and kind of how it has evolved and brought us to this moment in time where we are today. Um, I'm wondering, you know, you talked about peaceful noncompliance. What are ways that we can peacefully not comply that will stand for, for liberty and for freedom? Because I, I am concerned that eventually it might, you know, that our country might get to a point where we might have another civil war, you know, just having, you know, as you mentioned, they're creating the, these extremist groups on both sides an extreme left and extreme right. right. And I'm wondering how can we remain the United States of America when we seem to be so divided? Well, uh, that comes back to the Christian roots of America. And, and uh, just on a basic level, I'm sure everybody understands this, but Jesus Christ, um, while he was being tortured, uh, while he was being murdered, could have at any moment wiped out every single person that was around him. He could have destroyed humanity and saved himself, but he didn't. He took the lashes and he took torture that people cannot even believe to this day. They, I mean, just one thing that sticks in my mind is that when he was just begging, please, I need water, please. They took a sponge of vinegar and put it in his mouth mm. while he's up on the cross, a sponge of vinegar. So what does that mean? Well, for, for all the people out there that want to understand how we can fight back, you can fight back by going back to the Christian roots of America, and that is taking it. And I know it sounds like, oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't take it. You should obviously fight back. But no, in this scenario, what the is pushing for, they're pushing for people to get violent so that they can bring in some kind of military takeover. We don't want that. We don't want violence. We want peaceful noncompliance. So for anybody that is losing their job, I understand your life is being threatened, but here's the, here's the deal. You cannot get violent. You have to fight back peacefully. You can start that by contacting your coworkers like Angela has. If there's other people in your job, enough people that you can, you can stop the business from operating, have a day where you walk out before the vaccine mandate comes, just like Southwest Airlines did, and cost the company a lot of money. Uh, we can hurt these people in their wallets. And that's basically the main focus of this um, 
this and, and it has been the focus of the American, Re it was the focus of the American Revolution before the American Re Revolution got kicked off in a hot war. Uh, there were huge organizations of boycotting uh, where they would boycott anything that came from Britain and only buy American, even if it costs business owners more. So mm. for the business owners out there, please get together. And if you can come together and, and, and support something that's made in America instead of supporting one of these communist companies that funds people like Antifa and BLM. If you can do that, create a coalition and you can continue to grow. So boycotting and, 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 and uh, walkouts, but the main point of both of them is to organize others who are involved in, and believe in the same thing. So right now, the best thing that people can do is to talk about their beliefs. Don't be afraid to speak up in front of others and your friends and family and be ready to organize so that when the time comes, you can hurt the business that's trying to hurt you. Mm. I, I think you definitely mentioned something that I think is really powerful too, you know, in addition to the boycotting and all those other things, being able to have conversations about what you believe. And yeah. that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast, because I truly believe a conversation can change the world. A conversation can change the world. And I think, um, you know, when we, when we try to like pit people against each other, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Abby Johnson. Do you know her? No, I'm not. Um, so Abby Johnson was a director for Planned Parenthood, and um, she wrote a book called Unplanned, and it's about her, I guess, kind of transformation from going from being a director to one of the largest Planned Parenthoods to now being a pro-life advocate and kind of her journey into that. And as I was reading her book, one of the things that really stood out to me was that she mentioned that her desire and her intention when she started working for Planned Parenthood, ironically, was because she wanted to stop abortions. Um, and so she had kind of gotten involved in volunteering in the organization because she wanted to help women. And she wanted to help women by giving them access to birth control and by all these other things. And and um, and so her intention was in wanting to help and wanting to stop, you know, abortions from happening. Of course, we know that the opposite happened, that she ended yep. up facilitating these abortions um, for women. But her intention in doing that, and there were so many other women that worked with her as well, like their desire, they had a deep desire to, to help women and to serve women. Um, and And it just, it really kind of made me reflect and think like, you know, they're, they're not out there intentionally like, oh, let's kill all the babies, you know, like, um, and I think a lot of pro-life people kind of have that view that, that people that are pro-choice are just wanting to murder all the children. Although I know that there are people that are out there that, that do want to depopulate our, you know, the world. Um, right. but you know, it was, it was helpful for me to think that, you know, like there are people that are on the left that have genuine desires for good, um, but I think being able to have conversations together about what that looks like um, and, and practically kind of talk through these issues and these concerns um, and, and have, be willing to have peaceful conversations with people that disagree with you um, and to reason through those things and talk through them. Um, That's right. And, and I think this gets back to part of the, the discussion with LaunchLiberty.com and independent yeah. media. Um, so, Angela, you've seen the site and what we cover, um, we're not covering things that come from AP and Reuters. We're covering actual first 
person evidence. So mm -hmm. if people record something, we will cover it. If Saki says something, we'll cover it. If Biden says something, we'll cover it. Uh, I think that a big reason why we don't get to have this debate that you're talking about uh, with the people that are sane on the left and the people that are sane on the right is because our news is so dominated by people who want to divide us. So mm -hmm. they, they, they constantly, they pick things on the left and they pick things on the right that just make no sense. And then, and then they, they parrot them out through the news organizations. And then all the followers start repeating the same thing. And they can in that way, kind of dictate the way the conversation is going to go. Uh, we can break that by starting and, and supporting independent news organizations like launch Liberty uh, to, to basically break that control and get through to the real message and have real conversations. I've met, hundreds of people on the left that actually agree with what I'm saying on a lot of levels. Um, and I've, and that's surprising even to me. Uh, yeah. so yeah, you're exactly right. There's a lot of people on the left that are good people that are, that, that are just, that just, uh, have, have chosen the left for one reason or the other. I mean, people choose things for different reasons. So, uh, if the, the, the best thing we can do is to avoid AP Reuters, get out of that news cycle, embrace mm -hmm. independent media and have our conversations based on that because I think they'll come from a, a more real and honest place. Yeah. And I mean, there's a reason why, you know, the freedom of the press is one of our like basic freedoms, you know, that they yeah. talk about in the constitution, the freedom of the press, um, because our founding fathers knew that the people who control the information control the people, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and you're absolutely right. So as, you know, as, as an independent news um, media site, how can we support um, independent news media sites like Launch Liberty or other websites that are might be, you know, local to wherever we are in the world? How can we support you? So the biggest thing uh, right now is just exposure because, um, as you know, Angela, you've probably dealt with censorship on, on big tech. Yeah. Um, they take my accounts and they ban them constantly. I've been banned uh, for 30 days, three times this year on Facebook alone. Um, I've been banned for 15 days, eight days. I mean, I've been banned 15 times probably this year. Um, wow. I've been banned. Why on are other they banning you? I'm sorry. To well, no, you're fine. Um, I can, I actually have it itemized, um, not with me. Um, but I can tell you that, um, I got one suspended for saying that COVID-19 was a hoax and an establishment takeover. I got suspended for that. I got suspended for saying that Fauci funded gain of function with the NIH in the Wuhan lab. Um, I got funded. I got. But he I did. Got, there even. Oh, I know. Like other media streams are reporting that he funded gain of function research. Oh, I know. I know. And they still ban me for that. Uh, Kamala Harris. This is the worst one. Kamala Harris's niece. I don't, do you remember the Colorado uh, grocery store shooting earlier this year? Yes. After that happened, Kamala Harris's niece tweeted out, this is what white people do to America. She tweeted out, it was something to the effect of, this is what white Americans do. They shoot, and, and it turns out the guy was Syrian. He wasn't white at all. Uh, but she tweeted that out, and I posted that and said, unbelievable. Kamala Harris's niece tweets racist tweet about Colorado grocery store theater shooting and or uh, grocery store shooting, and I was taken off Facebook for that. I was banned for that. Uh, I've been banned for all kinds of things, but those are just a couple of examples, just ridiculous stuff. 
I mean, what can we do to to fight against this kind of censorship? I mean, it feels like 1984 almost with like Big Brother and the Thought Police, like and Newspeak and all these things like controlling um, controlling our freedom of speech. How what, how can we fight against that? Well, yeah, and and it's 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 tough because Facebook is a great platform for me to share information. Um, uh, but again, it's limited. So what people need to do, your audience, I would encourage them, please go to launchliberty.com right now and bookmark that site. And when you see something that attracts you or interests you, send it to your friends and family, your like-minded friends, and your family, the people who disagree with you, send it to them too. Because a lot of times you have to realize that the people that disagree with us on things that seem so fundamental disagree because they're getting their information from bad sources. So even just providing information from an independent source to somebody who disagrees with you may be enough to change their mind. That's that's the biggest thing right now. Sharing the articles, reading the articles, um, sharing is, is the most important thing that people can do. Uh, there's also on launchliberty.com, if anybody is interested, you can support uh, the site by subscribing to our Patreon or uh, subscribe star. Sorry. We have a subscribe star on the top of the site. There is a, a, a bar that says support us. You can click that. And that links to the subscribe star. You can get ad free articles and uh, there's no perks for uh, any, there's no perks per tier. You get the same thing every time. It's just a way for people to support the site and to fund what we're doing. Cause a lot of people do want to do that and they believe in, in the message we're spreading. Thank you so much, Troy. And again, I will make sure that I include all of those links um, so that you can support support Troy and the amazing work that he is doing with Launch Liberty, because I know it is it is not easy. And I know you spend a lot of time researching and writing and um, talking with other people and having these kinds of conversations with people and discussing, you know, different different issues that are happening in our country today. And and you're doing a very, very important work. And I just want to thank you for all the work that you are putting in on behalf of our country for liberty for all of us. Oh, thank you, Angela. And you're doing the same thing. And I, and, uh, uh, I, I, I have a feeling that we're in the same boat, really. We've both been canceled uh, by a system that is not interested in people like us being in charge of anything. So it's our job to kind of build these parallel systems, to kind of build these uh, systems that work and, and, and can provide services to people all around the country who are with us. They just don't know it yet. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. People that are with us, but we don't know it yet. And I, I think if we can really start to look for ways that we can find common ground and build from there, um, because we are, we are the United States of America. And one of the principles of our country is that we can be united, even if we disagree. Um, but the way that we disagree, I think is, is what matters. Like, I think that we should be able to disagree respectfully. We should be able to disagree with compassion and kindness. Um, we don't have to disagree with hate and divisiveness and, um, and, and violence, you know, like what we've been seeing over the last several years in particular. Um, but I, I appreciate you and the work that you're doing. Um, so besides launch Liberty, are there other ways that people can get connected with you, Troy? Yes, I'll provide a link. Uh, we have a Facebook page. We're also on Gab, uh, MeWe and Rumble. That's where we post the Troy Smith show. Uh, but, but it all kind of centers around launchliberty.com. Uh, okay. That's where, that's where we get uh, most of the traffic and that's where people can really support us. Awesome. That would be wonderful. Um, thank you so very much for joining me today. It has been an absolute pleasure 
talking with you about freedom, um, about liberty, about our school system and all these other things about history. Um, I deeply appreciate you and I, I hope that you will continue to be able to share your message with the world, that your site will continue to grow, that more people will continue to be able to hear the amazing things that you have to share um, and to be able to have access to information that is not being biased or censored by a lot of these other um, pages. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And I am happy to support you and to help um, my audience also get connected with you and support the work that you're doing. Well, thank you, Angela. Uh, it's It's been a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you for having me. And we'll have to have you back out here and I'll have to come back sometime. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> That would be awesome. And to those of you that are listening, I hope that this episode with Troy Smith has been as much of a blessing for you as it has been for me. Um, please remember exactly what we were talking about today, that one conversation can change the world. So be willing to get out there, share your beliefs with the people that you love. Do not be afraid um, and, and step forward in faith. I know that for a lot of you, this season in particular is very difficult with everything that's been happening in our country, but do not give up. Um, do not let go of the freedom that so many brave men and women have fought and died for. So now is our chance to stand together and to stand for freedom and justice for all. Um, Troy, do you have any uh, last words or anything else that you would like to share with our audience before we sign off for today? Uh, yes, I would. Uh, for your audience out there, please beware of Republicans. And, and you'll see this on my site if you go there. Please beware of Republicans pretending to be for Trump. The centering message around Trump was that he was a billionaire that could have stayed at Mar-a-Lago for the rest of his life very happily. But he decided that he was going to go into politics, even though it cost him at the end of the day, billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. um, that kind of sacrifice cannot be... Uh, uh, duplicated with just words. And we're seeing around the country, a lot of people are attempting to do that. So please beware of these candidates, vet these candidates, because that is so important. And the other thing is, um, I, I urge all of your audience, please get involved in your community and get involved with planning for your family because uh, as we see shortages continue the worst thing that could happen for this country is to have americans hungry starving unable to feed their families so please uh go out and get storable food please go out and and learn how to grow hydroponic gardens in your houses please learn how to grow food how to provide because as we continue to go down this road you're going to see the system continue to collapse in it's going to continue to collapse in because that is the plan just like Angela talked about with education and politics and all this. It's all part of the plan. So please get prepared today. Please uh, understand that this is not some kind of drill that I'm talking about. This is not um, some conspiracy theory. This is their plan. And we, we can beat them by being prepared. And you can always find the good information at launchliberty.com. Thanks for having me. All right. Um, thank you so much for joining us today for the Peaceful World Schooling podcast. Remember that there are new episodes that are released every Tuesday, so make sure that you subscribe so you will not miss out on a single one. Um, if you would like to support Troy, um, play, make sure that you check out the links in the description. I will include those for you. And if you would like to support me in the work that I'm doing, please make sure that you share this episode with your friends and family and consider donating to the links in the description as well. Um, you can also donate on my website, www.peacefulworldschooling.com schoolers.com. I hope that your day is as wonderful as you are, and I will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Awesome. Join us next Tuesday on the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Harders. 
and I hope that your day is as wonderful as you are. If you like this video, please make sure you subscribe and click the bell so you will not miss out on a single episode.